0: We can't wait for the next one just to see what God does next. Listen, if you have your Bibles, if you will, if you will follow me, First Samuel, if you charged your Bible up last night, if you'll grab it. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter number one. First Samuel chapter number one. I'm going to spend a few moments um, sharing some truth with you from God's Word. Some truth, I believe, that is going to help all of us as we work to rear and to train up our children. There's something, there's a lot of principle in Scripture that God teaches. There's there's wisdom that God teaches us about training up our children. Raise your hand if you have small children. If you have small children, small children. Oh, wow, got a room full of parents. Okay. Amen. Yeah, this sir, This message is for you. Amen. This message is for you. If you've got small children, if you hope to have children someday you're not married yet but you hope to have children someday this message is for you first samuel chapter number one i'm only going to read two verses for your hearing and then we'll we'll talk um, a little bit first samuel chapter one look over at verse number twenty seven verse number twenty seven I'll read verses 27 and 28 for your hearing. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And verse number 27 says, I asked the Lord to give me this boy. In other words, she's saying, Hannah is saying, I, I asked the Lord for him, and he has granted my request. Watch this. Look at verse number 28. She says, now I am giving him to the Lord. I asked God for him. He gave him to me, granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshipped the Lord there. Father, thank you for your word. Father, we pray according to Isaiah 55, 11, that says, So shall your word be that goeth forth out of your mouth. It shall not return unto you void, but it shall accomplish that which you please, and it will prosper in the thing whereto you sent it. Now, Father, send your word this morning with clarity, with authority, with conviction. Prepare the ear of the hearer and allow us to receive everything that you've set forth for us this morning. God, don't allow anyone to leave, God, having not received everything that you have for them. God, arrest the enemy. We pray that you would set encampment, ambushment, God, around every threshold of this building, God, and allow nothing that's not like you, God, to enter into what what you're doing here in the threshing floor. So, Father, we thank you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Before you take your seats, will you find somebody that's got some kids and tell them, if you have children, you better give them to the God. Come on, just tell them, if you've got children, come on, find somebody else. I and mean, if you've got kids, if if there's somebody that don't have children, say, if you plan on having kids, yeah, you better be ready. Yeah, you better be ready to give them Give them to God. Amen. Hallelujah. You better be ready to give them to God. Give those children to God. You know, kids, kids are really amazing. We saw that this morning with our kids on the stage. They're really amazing. And, and it's so cool to watch kids and to watch all the different personalities just start to come out. To see some who are quiet and subtle. To see some who, uh, like Miss Evelyn and like Mikey, they just like to dance. Uh, they not. They don't care about song lyrics. They don't care about the words. They just want to dance, amen. But it's it's amazing to watch all of those little brilliant and bright minds and bright personalities just start to come out uh, as you give them platform and give them opportunity. Kids, kids are amazing. Psalms one twenty seven three reminds us that that children are a gift from God. Everybody say a gift. Children are gifts from the Lord and they are the reward from Him. Kids are a gift. So what is God saying to you and to me? He said when you see kids, you have to see them as a gift. Uh, the, all, all those kids on the stage were a gift from God. Now, kids don't always feel like a gift. Hallelujah. Uh, they don't always act like a gift. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, but children are a gift. From the Lord they're amazing I, they, I, I read this story one time this this little girl was in church and she was talking she was sitting beside her dad and she was talking and uh, the dad leaned over and whispered to her and he said he said shh he said be quiet he said we're in the house of the Lord well the little girl she stopped talking and she looked around and she tapped her dad on the shoulder and dad looked down and said what is it and then the little girl said said God must not like his house that much. Daddy said, why would, why would you say such a thing? She said, because we've been coming to this church for years and he hadn't showed up yet. Some of y'all will get that on the way to the house. huh? Kids don't always act like gifts. But we thank God for them because kids will tell you the truth. Kids, are ta- if you don't know the truth, you better be careful. Don't ask the kid. Kids that tell you the truth, especially the ones that are not scared you're going to whoop them. Kids have very vivid imaginations. Kids uh, kids are thinking. While, you, while they're sleeping, I believe they're just thinking of things to say. And sometimes kids will catch you by surprise. <laughs> there was this one little five-year-old boy who was trying to explain to his little sister, um, about fallen angels and hell. He was trying to explain to his, his little sister about fallen angels in hell. And so he looked at his sister and he said, he said, one day in heaven, he said, God looked at the angels and told the angels to pick up your toys. So the angel looked at him and said, nope. The boy said, that's when all hell broke loose. (laughs) That's when God started hell. Kids have a very vivid, (laughs) very vivid imagination. (laughs) Glory to God. Uh, I I remember this other story. I heard about this little boy who, who offered a very, he offered a very simple prayer. And he was praying a prayer. Mom walked by the room and and heard him praying this prayer. And he said, had his hand pressed together. And he said, he said, God, please bless my mama. And please bless my daddy. Bless my brothers and my sisters. And bless all my friends. And then he said, oh, and God, please take care of yourself. Because if anything happened to you, we all in trouble. (laughs) isn't that the truth (laughs) someone can you imagine if something would have happened to god we'd all be in trouble that's why we love kids so much because kids are so genuine in their faith kids are genuine i want to i want to build three points and i want to talk to you about three things today that i pray that you as a parent will take home with you today I, i pray that we can find some truth uh in this in this text I want to talk to you about raise, rehearse and release. Will y'all say that with me? Say raise, rehearse and release. That's all I want to talk about today. Raise, rehearse and release. And so I want to I want to share this with you before we go into our time of baby dedication. Raise, rehearse and release. Amen. Elkanah, Elkanah apparently was a fairly wealthy man. Uh, the Bible says he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah and the other was Penina. Uh, Penina was a very fertile uh, woman and she had several children, but Hannah, the Bible says that, that God had closed up her womb. She didn't have any children. Um, you know, as I was studying this the other day, God spoke to me to tell somebody in here today that God is about to open your womb. Now, when you think about womb, the womb actually talks about the uterus or it has two different definitions. One definition is the uterus, the place where babies are conceived or babies are born, a baby or birth. But, but there's also a place where it talks about where things are developed. Uh, th- where, where things are developed. In other words, God told me to tell somebody in this room that He's about to open up a, a year of conception for you, a, a year of new thought, a year of new ideas. That there, there's, there, there's some of you in here that God's about to give you some wisdom that's going to open up some new doors from you. Some new channels are about to open up for you. God's about to open up some new conceptions, new ideas, new. And watch this. With these are going to come some new challenges. Some of you are going to be challenged this year like you've never been challenged before in your life. Hannah was sorrowful because she saw Penina and it seemed like Penina was doing so good while she was barren. Now in scripture, you have to know that in scripture, you will find that there were several men in scripture that had many different wives or several different wives like we see Elkanah. Now in those days, women who who did not have a husband were in severe danger. So God, even in scripture, permitted that in those days although uh that's not something that god uh that god allows for us so so don't think you can go get two women because women nowadays ain't playing that they hope you know, they don't play that stuff these days amen yeah you ought to look at your husband and say oh, yes sister girl don't play that sister girl don't play that oh we got quiet i better i better change the subject but in those days, in those days, in those days, women could not go to work the way a man could go to work. In those days, a woman could not go out and get a job. In those days, widow women uh, were in danger. That's why God told the church, He said, "Make sure that you take care of the widows; those who are widows indeed." You remember in Elisha's story where he went? God said, "There is a widow woman that's gonna that's gonna be there, that's gonna take care of you." He went to her, and the Bible says that that she was collecting sticks because she was gonna eat. The last meal, and her and her son were going to die, and so God, even in those days, God, even in those days, you'll see that 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 men sometimes had several wives, not because not because they they, they felt like they needed a bunch of women, but oftentimes it was a way to protect them from being uh, from being human trafficked or or from being cast off into slavery, uh, even from being raped. They had to have that that protective covering over them, and so now, so um, Elkanah has Hannah and. Nina, but Hannah was barren. Now check this out. Here's here's the part that's cold-blooded. The Bible says that, that she was so grieved that she didn't have children that she began to cry out to God. She began to cry out to him and she cried severely to God. And watch this. Here's what she said. She said, God, if you give me a son, if you give me one child, watch this, I'll give him back to you. I'll dedicate him back to you. I'll make sure that I honor you by giving him back. you. Amen. So this is kind of where the premise or the idea of child dedication comes from. Watching that Hannah dedicated her son Samuel back to God. And it's a beautiful thing because Samuel became a great king, became a strong leader. And so we thank God for that. But there are some principles, there are some principles that I want to look at here in the story to kind of help us to understand what was happening in this particular text as it pertains to giving our children back to God. Amen. So, So, no Number one, number one, listen to this, that, that baby dedication is not as much about the child as it is about the parent. Baby dedication is about the parent more than it is about the child. You better hear that. So number one, watch this. You have to, you, here, here is those of you who are dedicating your child to God. Here is what you are saying. Number one, you are saying that you're going to raise your child in a home that honors God. That's what you're saying. You're saying you're going to raise your child in a home that honors God. When you bring your child to the altar, when, we pray over those kids and we lift those kids up to God, what you are saying is that to the best of our ability, we're going to do our best to to provide a home that is God honoring a home that is God fearing. That means that there are some things that we just can't watch on television that I I can't sit and watch some things on television with my kids because I'm messing up the God, my godly home. I'm I'm messing that up. Watch this. That means that, that that if I'm dedicating my kids. Is to, to the Lord my house has to be a home that's free from cursing my, my, I, I, you, you understand what I'm saying so what you're saying to God is to the best of my ability I'm going to make sure that my house looks like heaven I'm going to make sure that there's love in my house I'm going to make sure there's peace in my house. I'm going to make sure that in my house we take the time to sit down and we read the word together. That's what we're going to do. We're going to create that in our house. Joshua 24:15 says, listen, if, if you want to serve another God, go ahead and serve him. If you want to do something different, go ahead and do it. But Joshua said it like this. Joshua said, but ask for me and my house. Joshua said, listen, I don't care what they doing in their house. I don't care what they doing in their house, but as for me and my house, we gonna serve the Lord. You know what that means? That means you have to be in the house by a certain time. That means you can't talk to me any kind of way because as for me and my house, y'all better hear me. We gonna, we gonna serve the Lord. No, you can't go to that kickback. No, I can't let you go to that movie with that group of people. You know why? Because as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And that's what, and so when you're dedicating your child to God, What you're saying is, you're saying, God, I'm going to do my best. Watch this. It don't mean that you have to be perfect, but it does mean that you have to be trying. You have to be striving. Watch this. That when Holy Spirit show you things that are in your house that is not like God, you say, God, because I love you so much and because I've made this commitment to you, I'm going to move anything that's not like you out of my kid's way because I don't want to provide anything that's going to cause a chance of stumbling for my children. That means the type of music you listen to has got to change. I wish I could help somebody right there. Glory to God. I know as a parent, sometimes you want to be cool and sometimes you want to be with your kids and, and you want to be swagalicious with them and, and you, you want to know the latest music and know the latest dancing. Guess what? And, and some of it's not bad. Some of that stuff is not bad. I'm, I'm not telling you that you're going to go to hell if you listen to a certain song or if you do a certain dance. That, that's not what I'm telling you. But what I am saying is you have to make sure that your home is so reinforced that even if they learn a new dance or hear a New song that they're so reinforced with the word of God that those things don't infiltrate them. God said, Be in the world. I wish I had a witness, but don't be of the world. You gotta, you have your home has to be so reinforced that your kids can go there and they can be in the world, but not still not of the world. Glory to God. Listen, you in in your house, worship needs to be needs to be preeminent in your house. Prayer, your house needs to be a house of prayer. There needs to be prayer that's happening in your house. If you are a husband and you're in this room today, it is your responsibility, sir, to lead your family to the altar. It is your responsibility to create an altar in your home. It is your responsibility. Stop putting your responsibility off on your wife and saying, well, baby, you lead the prayer. No! You open up your mouth and you lead the prayer because you are the priest of your home and it is your responsibility, sir, to be that example. Don't try to be the head when it comes to the money, but then don't want to be the head when it comes to the spiritual things in the house. If you want to be the head, you got to be the head of the house. When it comes to you filing your taxes, you want to file head of household. Well, if you're going to be head of household, that means you need to be the head of the prayer hole. You need to be the head of the, the leading the house, even when it comes to prayer and even when it comes to studying the Bible. And guess what? Saying I don't understand scripture is not a good enough answer. As for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord Because you got to understand, you got to understand what you're doing, sir, is you are leaving a legacy. You are leaving a legacy because your children were designed to replace you after you're gone. So the question is, watch this, you accumulate all this stuff and you'll buy the house and get the house built and you'll get the car, get the truck, you'll get a nice bank account. And then you'll mess around and leave it to a fool because you didn't take the time to, to disciple your children into the things of God. And your kids will spend everything you've got. They'll get that. They'll get that inheritance money. it would be gone within a month. Because we didn't take the time to disciple them. Didn't take the time to grow them up. And to teach them the fear of the Lord. Because God was never in our house. We don't want to be like the girl in the story. That looks around and says listen. We've been doing this a long time. And God hadn't shown up yet. When does God show up in our houses? Or do we do just business as usual? Do we do just home as usual? When we go home, do we just, do we just go home and do home or do we go home and do God? The same thing that you're doing in here, your kids ought to see a little bit of semblance of it happening in your own house. Glory to God. Because after a while, I don't know if you know this or not, but your children are watching you. And they're going to do what they see you do. Glory to God. If they see you coming to church, putting the front on in church, but acting a fool at the house, guess what they're going to do when they get their house? They're going to come to church. They're going to put their front on. And when they go home, they're going to act the fool. They're going to do what they see you do. You need to know, watch this, that in spite of all of the temptations, in spite of all the peer pressure and all the things that kids face, all the social media examples and all the weird things. The reality is, is that you as a parent, you still have the number one greatest influence on the life of your kids. Even when they act like they're not hearing you, even when it seems like they don't understand you, you need to know that you are the number one greatest influencer in the life of your child. I didn't hear anything my grandmama said until after she died. I didn't realize she had influenced my life so much. I thought, oh, she's crazy. She old-foggy and she, she old-fashioned. I don't understand why. Watch this. I don't understand why she didn't let the girls wear tight clothes. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand why why they didn't let them wear certain things. I, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that I got kids of my own. Listen, some of your kids are not going to understand what you're saying until they get their own kids. <laughs> they just not going to understand it. Until they start raising kids of, uh, kids, kids of them uh, of their own. And then they're going to look back and say, now mama, now I see what you was saying. So you weren't as crazy as I thought you were after all. But we have to raise them. My, my grandmother, I thank God for her name, was Laney Bryant Love. I thank God, some people called her Aunt Lane, some people called her Mother Love. And I thank God for her because that was something she just didn't put up with in her house. You need to listen to the music that your kid's listening to. Give me them earbuds. What you listening to? You need to be friends with your kids on social media. Well, I don't know how to set up a page. Ask them. You need to be friends with who your kids are friends with. You need to know who your kids are talking to. You need to have access to your kids' inbox messages. I got three claps. I'll take all three of them. I'll take every. I'll take all three of them. Because what you don't understand is, what you don't understand is that everybody has has access to your daughter. Grown men have access to your daughter and you don't even know it. And grown women, watch this, It's some little freaky women out there too. It's grown women have access to your son. Oh, he cute, he going to be fine, girl. It's your little nasty self. Uh, all I'm saying is you better find out what's going on because as for me in my house we go you need watch this you need to look for your kid's history and you need to see how many of your boys been watching pornography in your house because you don't know it, but the average age of first exposure to pornography in boys is six years of age the day you put that the day you put that cell phone in that boy's hand, you just gave him pornography I'm not knocking it. I think the cell phone is a good thing. I think God meant it for, for our good. But you need to know the moment you give him that cell phone, the moment, watch this, the moment you give her that cell phone, you just gave her pornography. And right, right. see, when you start looking at it like that, now you start to say, wait a minute, let me see that phone. Let me go over that history. Let me, let me, t- let me pay a little more attention to this phone bill. Let me look at this call law. Let me see who you talk, who you spending your time talking to. I think, watch this. I think as a nation, as a nation, we are, we are being lulled to sleep by trying to lull our kids to sleep. Because what, what I watch now, see, I, I experienced something, I experienced something a few weeks ago. That that changed my life, or changed my perspective—not my life, but changed my perspective. I experienced something a few weeks ago that changed my perspective. Um, my, My wife and I we allowed our goddaughter to come and to spend the weekend with us. And, uh, I was thinking, I was like, oh man, you know, my goddaughter's coming. So I'm thinking, okay, I got to get my energy up. I got to get me some spark. <laughs> I got to get me some vitamins because, you know, she's going to come up and she's going to be wanting to just, just play and play, hide and go seek. And man she, you know, and I'm like, okay, I got to preach and how am I going to do this? And man, she's going to want to do this and do this. You want to go get some ice cream and so I'm like, okay, so, okay, let me go ahead and get my sermon, get that, get that together and try to get that prepared. So, so when she shows up this weekend, I'll be ready and we can kind of go play and we can deal with it and all. All this and watch this. Now, watch this. I, I, I said that because the last time she came to stay with us, that's what happened. She was very energetic. She wanted to, she was wired, wanted to play, wanted to go, wanted to go outside, and ride bikes, go get ice cream, wanted to go all over the place. This time, when she showed up, this time when she showed up, she came in the house with a cell phone in her hand. She came in the house with a cell phone. Nothing against that, nothing against that. She came out with a cell phone and she spent 80% of the time on the couch watching videos. I looked at my wife and I said, you know what? Things are changing. I said, listen, the way we used to have to entertain kids have changed. There was a time you had to be actively involved and engaged in entertaining kids. Now you stick an electronic device in their hand and back away from them real slow. Because we're trying to pacify kids. And what's happening in our society is, what's happening, if we're not careful, we'll become less and less engaged in the life of our kids. And we'll eventually pass them off to something else that's actually lulling them. And you have no idea what those kids are watching. You know the best, I'll go over to God, I'm on a soapbox, y'all pray for me. This one even in my notes. The the best way, watch this, the best way to get a kid hooked on pornography or to get a kid hooked in, in lustful desire, the best way to do it, watch this, the best way to do it, the best way to make a kid start cursing and learning curse words, the best way to make a kid start having sex early, the best way to do it was put it in a cartoon. Because watch this, when you pass by, look at the iPad, you see a cartoon. So because you see a cartoon, you're okay, and you keep walking as if nothing is wrong. But you have no idea that there's sex in that cartoon. You have no idea that there's innuendos in that cartoon. You have no idea that there's curse words in that cartoon. You have no idea that there's killing and violence in that cartoon. And what and everything that those kids are putting in, eventually it's going to come out. And we wonder why we see these kids taking up these semi-automatic machine guns, going and trying to kill people and take their own lives. Because if you put trash in, you're going to get trash out. So this is a clarion call to parents to be more involved in your kids' lives. Go out to the schools. Make sure you know what's going on. Make sure you know the children that your kids are are friends with and hanging out with. Be more active and be more involved in the lives. Everybody shout, raise. Raise your child in a home that honors God. Number two is you have to rehearse. Everybody say, rehearse. You have to rehearse God's word and then teach it to your children. You have to rehearse God's word and then teach God's word to your children. You have to rehearse it. The word rehearse has three different definitions. One, it means to practice in private what you plan to do in public. Rehearse means to practice in private what you plan to do in public. So God's word gives us principles about rehearsing the word and then giving it to your children. When, when a mama wants to start her baby eating table food, you don't just hand them a chicken leg. What the mama does is break a little piece off, chew it up herself. Take it out of her mouth and put it in the baby's mouth. Glory to God. So you take it, you 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 take it and you ruminate on it. You take it and you chew it up in the, the pieces that the baby can handle. That's what God expects you to do with the word of God. That's what the word meditate. The word meditate means to ruminate. It means to chew on for a little while. So God expects you as a parent to take the word, eat the word, rehearse the word, and then share the word with your children. Second one, it means to mentally... Uh, prepare or recite, to mentally prepare or recite. Number three, the third definition, it means to say it again or to repeat that's what God's word is saying to you when you're dedicating your child to the Lord what you're saying is I'm going to rehearse the word I'm going to get the word in me so that I can give the word to my children I'm going to take the word I'm going to do my best to understand it that's why you ought to thank God that you go to a teaching church you ought to thank God that you don't have a pastor that's just trying to shout you to death and make you dance all the time you got a pastor that understands the importance of taking the time to break down the word because guess what I break down down the word and feed it to you so that you can break it down and feed it to your children one of the greatest compliments we give this ministry is pastor love you break the word down so that even a child can understand it i'm just setting example for you i'm doing for you what i expect you to be doing for your children god it's amazing the bible is amazing Because God tells us in his word that there are four times, everybody say four times. That there are four times a day that you should be teaching your children. The Bible is very specific. There are four times a day that you should be teaching. You should be teaching your children. Over in the book of Deuteronomy, um, De- Deuteronomy is a big word. Bit of, uh, the first part of the word Deuteronomy, Deuteromus, uh, 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 Deuteronomus, it simply means second. Nomus at the end mean law. So the word Deuteronomy simply means the second law. This was the second law of Moses. So you read the Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. This is God clarifying some things to Moses that he may clarify it or make it more simple and plain to the Israelites. He's clarifying this. It's the second law of Moses. So in the second law of Moses, the the, the word that God gives to Moses, he gives Moses four times. Everybody say four times. There's at least four times a day that you should be looking for opportunity to teach your children. Everybody say four times a day. Four times a day. Here it is. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 7, he says... Repeat them. We just talked, we just saw that. That's that word rehearse. Watch this. Repeat them again and again to your children. Look at the four times. He says, watch this. Talk about them. In other words, talk about the principles. Talk about the word of God. Here's what he says. He says, talk about them. Watch this. When you where? When you at home. He said, when you're at home, that is the most amazing time to talk to your kids about the word of God. To find those teachable moments. To find those opportunities to help your kids, my daughter, I got her. I I grabbed her earphones one day, and I said, "Baby, let me let me know what you're listening to." I put the earphones on, and for me, I was immediately disturbed by the lyrics that I was hearing. And I said, "Baby, do you understand that this this is not good music?" And here's what she said: She said, "Dad, I really don't listen to the lyrics. I listen to the beat." Don't you believe that lie? That's a lie from the devil. I just listened to the beat. No, you don't. You know them words. Words have power. Glory to God. Faith comes by y'all better help me preach and and so when you whatever you hear whether it's the word of God or not watch this you start to develop faith now watch this it's not the God faith you develop a world faith So the Bible calls it worldly wisdom is what you start to develop now watch this so God said that while you're at home you ought to find teachable moments at home to teach your children so I put the earbuds on I listened and I said baby do you I said this is not good good music and she was like she was looking at me like dad why you tripping it's just a song it's not that big of a deal here's what I did I said God this is a teachable moment. So what I did was I went in my office, I looked up the song, I printed out the song lyrics. I printed out the lyrics. I wasn't mad, I wasn't angry because I understood that I have to handle this with grace. So I said, "I said, baby, come in, sit down with me." She came in, she sat down on the couch beside me, and I said, "Listen, I said, what's that name of that song?" Was she told me the name? I said, "Who wrote the, who sang the song?" She told me saying, I said, "Is this the name and this is the song and this is the singer?" She said, "Yes, sir." I had. I said, "These are the lyrics. I want you to read these lyrics to me." I wasn't mad. I wasn't tripping because I I knew that, I knew that me being mad at that moment wasn't going to, wasn't going to serve her any justice. So I said, listen, I need to handle this with, with the grace and the care of God. I need to teach it. So she started, she started reading it and she got to some curse words and she said, she looked at me and she said, daddy, here's what she said. I didn't know that those words were in there. I said, well, baby, they've been in there the whole time. The problem is, is that you've become callous to those words. They don't, they they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't ring out to you like they used to. And she said, she looked at me and sometimes that's all it takes is you going right now, getting the lyrics. And parents, be careful the songs that you dance to. Be careful the stuff that you, that you dancing to. Listen, you better go get those lyrics. You better find out what they're talking about. You better find out what they're saying because you could be given approval to something that you should be frowning toward. Rehearse. He said, watch this. Teach it to them. Watch this at home and watch this. When you're on the road has a second time when you're on the road. In other words, when you're commuting back and forth, that's a good. Listen, those kids are trapped. They can't go anywhere. They can't jump out. They can't do anything. But you know what happens? Let me tell you what happens. Instead of us honoring what God told us to do, we will allow the kids to put their earbuds on, to put their beats on, and we won't have a, we will have not one conversation in the car. Don't raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Amen. I see the whole class. Understand. He said, he said, talk to them when you're at home. When you're on the road, when you're commuting, in other words, no, turn that radio off. Take the earbuds out. Let's have a conversation. How was your day today? How did things go? Tell me how, Tell me what happened today. Have that conversation. Use those teachable moments. God said, that's an amazing time to have a conversation with your kids. And then he didn't stop there. He said, watch this. When you go in the bed, when you go in the bed, listen, one of the best ways to teach your kids how to pray is make them say their prayers. Woo! Grandmama, we couldn't go to bed until we said our prayers. Glory to God. Uh, There there was one girl, um, she she was trying to learn how to pray, and she got down beside her bed, and she said, she said, she said, now I lay me down to rest. I pray that I pass tomorrow's test. But if I die before I wake, that's one less test I have to take. (laughs) Don't pray that prayer. (laughs) But when they're going to bed, don't let them kids go to bed without praying and thanking God for that day and thanking God for bringing them through that day. No, go in that room, kneel down beside them babies and teach those kids to pray. Teach them to pray. And then lastly, he, he says, not only when you go in the bed, but watch this, when you're getting up, when you get up in the morning, We had to pray when we, when we, when we went to bed and we had to say a prayer when we got up in the morning. Because when you got up in the morning, you thank God for bringing you through the night and you're praying God to bless you to take you through the rest of the day. And you teach your kids how to be thankful. When you are dedicating your child to God, this is what you're saying to God. God, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna rehearse the word. Look at, watch this now, watch this. I, I I need to share this with you. I need to share this with you. One misconception of baby dedication is many people think that when I dedicate my child to the Lord, that my child is saved. When you dedicate your baby to the Lord, your child is not saved. what, What you're doing is just an act of dedication more about your ability to teach them the word and to train them in the Christian faith so that when they come to the time when they have to make a decision, their decision will be easier to make because you've done a great job training them up. Let me prove to you, let me prove to you that when you dedicate a child to God that they are not saved, that they still have to come into their own knowledge of Jesus Christ and they have to receive Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior for themselves. When Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15, watch here's what he said. He says, you have been taught, watch this, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures. You've been taught, you, he said, Timothy, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Watch this, and they, they, the Scriptures, your grandmother Eunice, your, your, He said, he said, they, they have given you the wisdom, the Scriptures have given you the wisdom to receive. Not that you've already received it. But the scriptures have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. So when you dedicate your child to God, what you're saying is, God, I'm going to do my best to lay a good foundation for my kids. So when it comes time for them to make a decision, they will have the, they will have the wisdom needed to make the right decision. That's what you're saying when you're dedicating your children to the Lord. You've been taught. Now you have the wisdom. And thirdly, my last point, thirdly, is release. Everybody say release. So you raise them, you rehearse, and thirdly, you release. Watch this. Watch this. Look at me, Purpose. Look at me. Here's my last point, my last and final point. This is probably the heaviest point I'll make tonight or today. You have to release your child into the protective custody of God. Hannah, and I'm closing. Hannah takes her son. Takes her son to Eli. Watch this. And she dedicates her son to God. Now watch this. Eli had a couple of sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Them dudes were horrible. The Bible says that they didn't know God. They despised the offering of God. They despised the house of God. Check this out. Hannah dedicates her son Samuel without any fear of what Hophni and Phineas would do to her little son. She had no fear. Look at me, y'all. Y'all better hear this. Look at me. Look at me. I, I get that as a parent, you want to take, you want to, you want to protect your child. I get that. But the reality is, you can't protect your kid—not as good as God can. Not as good as God can. First day of school is a trip, boy. <laughs> Glory to God. Some of y'all had a rough time. Y'all took them kids up there? And the teachers had to make y'all go home. Uh ma'am, ma'am, I, I know you want to be here with your child, but but y- you can go you can go now. Well, as a matter of fact, it's 3 o'clock. You can go ahead and take her back home now. (laughs) I'm there all day with the kids. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You've got to release those kids, and you better hear what I'm telling you, to the protective custody of God. You've got to say, God, you take care of my baby. God, my baby's got to go to school, God. Hallelujah. And God, I trust you. God, I I trust you that you're going to take care of my child even when I can't be there. Matthew 19, 14. Listen to this. There were children being brought to Jesus. The disciples start rebuking the kids. Saying, saying, no, 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 y'all can't go see. Look at what Jesus, look how indignant Jesus became about his kids. Jesus said, leave them alone. Leave the children alone and do not forbid them from coming to me. That's the protective nature that God has for your children. You have to know that when you surrender your kids to the protective custody of God, anything that comes near them, God says, leave them alone. Amen. Those are my babies. Glory to God. The Bible says, let God protect the house. Those who watch, watch in vain. When you dedicate your child to the Lord, you're saying, God, I'm giving my kid over to the protective custody of you. I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about giving up parental rights. And I'm not talking about doing your, having your responsibility. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about what you're going to do is you're not going to walk in so much fear as it pertains to your kids. You're going to say, God, I trust you. When those kids go off to college, if you ever had a kid go off to the college for the first time, man, that could cause a lot of anxiety, boy. That's some separation anxiety, especially when your kid's been with you and you've reared them, you've grown them up, and now you send them off. Man, that's a lot of separation anxiety for parents. When we dropped my son off at college, man, listen. I I, when I was leaving, I was choked up. I was trying to be a thug, but man, I had a lump in my throat. I was looking out the rearview mirror. And I'm like, <laughs> trying to be cool. But you got to give those kids to the protective custody. God, gotta protect them from bullies and all the weird stuff. We y'all bring the kids in from wherever they are. Hallelujah. We've got some parents in here. And don't don't y'all leave. Just it won't last long, but if if you guys would just stay, bring the Now here's what I want to happen. Y'all listen to me. Here's what I want to happen.